Welcome to Because You Need to Know, recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. And today's guest is Dr. Dixon. She's a former academic turned consultant. Before starting her own company in 2000, Common Knowledge Associates, she was a tenured professor and department chair of administrative sciences at the George Washington University, and before that, a professor at the University of Texas. Her current research is focused on how to create psychologically safe environments for teams, both virtual and face-to-face, in order to learn from and with each other. She believes that organizations learn when groups across the organization hold regular reflective conversations about work issues. Her latest thinking can be found on her blog, nancydixonblog.com. That's one word, Nancy Dixon blog. Dr. Dixon has worked with a wide range of corporate, government, and nonprofit organizations, including Huawei Technologies Limited, Bose, ConocoPhillips, EchoPetrol, Netherlands Railroad, the U.S. Army, the Defense Intelligence Agency, USAID, United Way Worldwide, the World Bank Group, and NASA. I cannot believe you're on the call. It's exciting, and as as a KM passionate in the planet, I am thrilled to have you here. Where are you now in the world of KM, and how did you get there? Well, if you mean physically, I'm in Austin, Texas, <laughs> which you may, which you may know as the uh, live music capital of the world. Mm. So, uh, so that's where I'm sitting physically. Um, I guess professionally, how I got here, uh, which is probably what you were asking, is that uh, I just have had a lifelong interest in learning. And that's everything from individual learning to uh, organizational learning. For a long while, I focused on um, the learning organization or organizational learning, whichever way you want to say that. And that that kind of, uh, if you remember way back then when Singy's book came out, and I had a book that came out just about the same time that I called the organizational learning cycle. Hmm. But Organizational learning kind of went out of the limelight, hmm. and KM kind of picked up where it left off as a more practical way to think about how learning happens in organizations. So I had been studying learning for a long time in organizations, and so it made sense to to focus on knowledge management. Sure. So in your vast experience with working at, 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 with different organizations, types of organizations uh, globally, what do you see as kind of a systematic issue? What's your top three issues organizations have? And I, I will, I love what you said about the learning because that's my viewpoint also. Uh, learning, leadership, and knowledge management are all the same bucket. What, are, what would you say is your top three top hot topic issues that organizations typically have in trying to implement? Well, I guess I would say, and, and this may not quite be answering what, how you asked the question, okay. but this this is such an exciting time in organizational life because everything seems to be changing, hmm. including 
the importance of knowledge, the movement away from um, uh, from more focus on tasks that are linear and that are sequential and that are that, that are easy to do to to real uh, you know, really the importance of knowledge and and of course uh, we've known that for some time that knowledge you know people have been saying for some time that knowledge is our most important asset but I think it's actually coming to be true now and so the the things that that are exciting me right now that are related to that issue is first of all the rise of teams as the unit of work in organizations which I think is very different from the past when we really thought work occurred with individuals. But very much now it seems to me that work, uh, that the unit of work is a team. Hmm. And that means also the unit of learning is a team. So that seems to me a very big change. A second big change, I, I think, is the use of virtual teams hmm. because that, that has um, changed how we think about learning going on. Uh, that's changed about um, how teams function and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the third one I would say is the rise in the the post hierarchy organization that we are we are sh- slowly but surely uh, reducing management uh, in organizations, uh, both the numbers of people in management, flattening organizations, mm-hmm. but maybe more importantly, we're changing the influence of managers that they are becoming less and less the decision makers and that those decisions are coming down into the team area rather than in the management area. Hmm. So, um, so that's the third issue. I think I would, I would think is very different now is this, is the huge change uh, given that we're in a post hierarchy um, movement. So how, how does the organization work with a, a, a work culture that has that kind of power? Well, I think that's an interesting question. I think that's what organizations right now are trying to figure out. They're trying to figure out, you know, there there have been some politicians lately that have been saying uh, workers need to be on the board of organizations. That has amazed me, too. That's another signal, I think, mm-hmm. that uh, the, of that shift. I don't know that that will happen, right. but, um, you know, but that certainly is, is, is interesting. There have been... Um, Several, several really great books. The uh, Frederick Lelou's book on reinventing organizations, where he lists some—I don't know—it's twelve or fifteen organizations that are functioning without hierarchy. Uh, there, there's been so many um, uh, things being written now about that possibility, and organiz- we can actually now point to so many organizations that are doing that. So, you know, I, I think if you just as an analogy, if you think about 200 or 250 years ago, if you had said to um, people living in Europe, or I guess it wouldn't say the United States, because it probably were, were not people in organizations here, mm-hmm. but in Europe, if you would said, is it possible for a country to function without a monarch? Mm-hmm. Everyone would have said no. You know, it, we would just have chaos if we didn't have a ruler, if we didn't have someone that was in control. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that turned out not to be true, as the United States proved very nicely, mm-hmm. uh, that you could have a democracy, you could have people who govern themselves. I think now, and maybe even uh, if we said, do you think it's possible for an organization to run without hierarchy? 
I still think most people would say, no, I don't think so. I think there mm-hmm. has to be hierarchy. There has mm-hmm. to be someone in charge. But the fact is, there are these organizations now that are doing it. That's an enormous change to me. So that just uh, begs the question, then, if we can get to the level of where hierarchy is not the normal capacity of an organization to operate, that's not the, the norm, so to speak, uh, going from that industrial model to that hierarchical chain of command control to a more, I don't, I don't even know how you'd say it, a, a more biologically just uh, existing, where, where things just work together or don't, uh, that's got to be a big paradigm shift for a lot of people. And in that, I just see that it's a, like you said, it's a perfect opportunity for knowledge management to nest and, and become part of the system. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and two things make that really possible. One, it looks like the shift is from hierarchy to networked organizations. Hmm. And almost by definition, networked organizations are more self-governed. And so what's making that possible, I think, is the, is the Internet and the ability that we have for these networks to communicate with each other, for this sort of instantaneous get, get knowledge, get health, sure. get uh, connection with other people. So I think it's that I think it's that that's at the heart of it, I think, is this, this wonderful new technology we have mm-hmm. that's allowing people to network. Um, they don't have to get the answer up to the hierarchy. They can get the answer from their network. Right. So I think that's that's a piece of this big shift that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So what's the future? Oh, I think it's so bright. I, re- I think it's really wonderful. I think people are going to be in organizations that are much more relational, that they will think of the people in the organization as their friends, they're mm. almost as their family. Mm. Uh, I think they will have much more opportunity to develop themselves and to grow because they'll be making decisions with with their colleagues and seeing how those decisions work out and saying, okay, then we need to do this instead of that. So I think there's opportunity for development of individuals, the development of the teams. I think there's I think there's just so much potential in that. I think we're 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 going to lose this concern we've had for so long about I better not say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I better not tell my manager about this. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to hide that. Uh, I can't tell the truth. I can't be honest. I can't say who I am in mm-hmm. the organization that we've had over the last what 50, 60 sure. years. Right. Uh, that that I think is just a wonderful, wonderful change. Mm-hmm. Uh, People can be themselves in organizations. I right. think it's fantastic. And, I, and I've been in some of those organizations now. People love being in that situation. Sure. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't, right? I mean, you're just, you don't have to yeah. put on a facade uh, nine to five and, and function in a certain expected way. You can just, yeah, well, I'll sign up for that. Sure. You know, and if, the, if your kids get sick, everybody says, Everybody understands that. You yeah. don't have to hide that. You know, yeah. uh, if, if you need to go to the dentist, you can go to the dentist. You yeah. know? It, right. So all those things that we've, we've had to to, uh, to hide, to juggle, to uh, right. feel like, oh, I won't get promoted unless I show that I can be there, uh, that I can stay until midnight. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I have to wait and leave after my boss leaves so he'll know I'm really a, a you know, right. hard worker. All those sort of things we've put on. 
I think they already are going away. I think they increasingly are going to, to go away. What do you see as the primary, what, what do people usually ask you? What, what, do you, what is the common question people ask you in, from your expertise and viewpoint around knowledge management? Frequently asked questions. I think one of the questions that I get often is, um, how do we increase collaboration? Hmm. We, we put all of this, um, we, we put all of this uh, technology in place, but we still don't see uh, people collaborating the way we thought they would after we put the technology in. I think that's one of the questions I get a lot. Now, you have to take into the account into account the fact that um, that people that would ask me or that would call me for help, they already know me in some sense, right? Mm. I mean, they've read stuff I've written. They, so they're not going to ask me. Um, <laughs> they're going to ask me questions that they know relate to sort of what I write and think about. So I think that's the reason I get the collaboration question so much or the question about trust. How do we build trust in this organization? Because they, they know that's something that I've thought some, some about. Well, and I think that's all tied into your background of learning, right? Organizational learning, you have to have availability, uh, a, a connective tissue, I'll say, between people of trust in order to have that conduit yeah. be used and strengthened. You know, it's like a muscle. You got to... You've got to have opportunity to strengthen it, and if you don't have that opportunity, or it's in a very inhibited environment in which people are in a negative uh, way, uh, whatever that is, uh, then that that muscle never gets exercised well. And uh, right. it, it's a practice. It's just like yoga. You got to practice. You just can't do it once and say, "Yep, I did yoga." Uh, it's the same thing with KM. You just it's just not one thing. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Hmm. I think it is a practice. It's a it's a it's a relational issue. I believe. Hmm. Uh, I think we I think we build trust through relationship, and uh, and if if there's if you can't have you can't be in relationship without a certain amount of conversation between people. Yeah. In other words, relationship is based on my knowing you, knowing you well enough to know how you're going to react knowing you well enough to know about your level of integrity, to know, you know, sort of what your values are in a sense, to, to know your competence. Mm-hmm. All of that goes into, into trust, I think. Yeah. And that, but that demands that we interact with enough, enough with each other, that we learn those things about each other. So that's often the issue. I think it's often the issue with collaboration as well. I think collaboration is built on trust and yeah. it's built on relationship. Yeah, you know, you, you'd, you'd made the point about buying the tech solution that's supposed to create this magically. And it's almost like when you were talking about that, all I could envision was the original community builder, which was a fire, right? Everybody gathered around a fire at night. Right. That was your community builder. Uh, and it's like, it's that simple. You want some tech tool here, let's go out to the woods and build a fire and everybody can sit <laughs> around and talk like people. Last thing I will ask, what's your definition of knowledge management? Oh gee, I've written this so many times. <laughs> and I don't, I don't think, I don't think I, I don't think I could go back and repeat all the Sure. Ones. What is I it today? It, what is it today? How about that? For today, yeah. All right. <laughs> today, I think it is that that people in the organization can find knowledge they need from others in the organization or, or from the documents. Mm-hmm. And then that they have the opportunity to act 
on that knowledge kind of takes us back to this issue we've been talking about around having the discretion and the freedom and the empowerment to act. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a really important issue. And I'm making this definition way too long, but (laughs) if, but if I can't, if I can't act on what I learn, then I can't learn again. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where I think learning comes in is, is I, I take an action I can see what the result was, and knowing that result, I can now act in a different way. Mm-hmm. That's for me. When we get to that place, we will have done knowledge management. In that um, framework, it's it's enabling dis- better decision making. Yeah, or it is in making it is in that's right. It could say it that way, but it is the decision based on the exper- on the experience mm-hmm. that I'm having. Mm-hmm. And so, so that makes, you know, in terms of teams, that's true with teams as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm a team and I've been assigned some tasks to work with a particular supplier or to, to uh, work with a particular uh, customer, then my ability to interact with that customer to find out how what I just did worked or didn't work and then change that in order to improve what I'm doing for the customer, that's knowledge management. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we need to be. But not to have to say, okay, we didn't do it right. I'll put another team on it. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's the ability to act on what I learn. I like that very much. Well, thank you for your time today, Dr. Dixon. It's been a joy. And thank you, Ed. It's fun talking about it. Recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at